Welcome back to the Young Entrepreneur's Journey with special guest Aaron McCain. Meditation is just like any other habit. It was really just a process of, you know, starting with like five minutes a day. It's like you almost build a bit of a meditation muscle. It was a challenging process. Like, I was like, I'm not really feeling any different. Like, I thought it was going to be this, like, magic, <laughs> you know, this yeah. magic, like, breakthrough solution where I was going to feel amazing all the time. And, like, the first three weeks of doing that five minutes, and then I think after about two weeks, I upped it to about ten minutes. Mm-hmm. After three weeks of doing that, I just felt this, like, complete change yeah. in my state. It was it was crazy. It was like a, <laughs> it felt like a drug trip or something. I was like, oh, my God. Right? <laughs> like just... It's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. It's exactly like don't do drugs, just meditate. It's healthier. You get the same effect. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Young Entrepreneur's Journey, where we take the skills, mindset, and attitude needed to achieve any entrepreneurial endeavor. Whether you're just starting out or you're already on your journey. And now our host, Yasmina Ellens. Hello and welcome back to the Young Entrepreneur's Journey podcast with your host Yasmina Ellens and today I have the absolute pleasure of chatting with my buddy Aaron McCain who is currently working towards a master's in cognitive neuroscience whilst building an online coaching business on the side. I have to say he's also a very very fit guy into some cool fitness stuff but you know as an entrepreneur you'll relate to this, it is very, very easy to get yourself into the hustle mode and you just put so much pressure on yourself and you're always feeling this constant tension, you're always feeling this self-attack around your work because you've got so many big things that you want to accomplish and because you really just want to get the results. Aaron has actually managed to overcome this because he has had very difficult experiences over the past. He went around looking for tools and ways in which he could do his work, but really, really enjoy the process and really do it stress-free. So what he does is he helps professionals and entrepreneurs get results while really enjoying the process of working so you can finish work, not drained, but actually re-energized to do more, which is really, really cool. And he's a super zen guy. He has a really cool outlook. We cover a lot of different topics in this episode that will arm you with the tools to shift your mindset and get your brain on your side. So more specifically, you will learn about how to reverse engineer your goals how to integrate mindfulness into your, in your day-to-day, how to become the master of your own thoughts, which is pretty cool, the power of stoicism, the power of visualization, how to start meditating if you're new to it, how to hugely boost your productivity and also manage your time effectively at the same time, the secret to that. So as you can see, we cover so many things in this episode, we cover a lot more. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you the wonderful Aaron McCain. Hello and welcome back to the Young Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. And today I have the absolute pleasure of chatting with Aaron McCain. And um, so the first question that I ask everyone in this podcast is, what got you onto your entrepreneurial journey? Well, it was just just wanting the freedom to be able to live the lifestyle I wanted. Like a few years ago, I had no intention of becoming an entrepreneur at all. <laughs> I was like, it was yeah. like the furthest thing away from what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then um, I heard a... It was a video by Brandon Carter, and he basically said, think about the lifestyle you want and work your way backwards. Because I think the way we're conditioned is it's think about the job you want and then work your way backwards. So like, okay, what degree do I need to get? What grades do I need to get at school to get to this job? But when you think of it like, what lifestyle do I want? Then it's more, okay, so if I want to be able to like travel the world and, you know, make money on my phone or laptop and you know, really be able to add value to people's lives. Like, what's the actual best way to do that? Mm-hmm. And I thought the best way to do that is, well, for me personally, online coaching, because yeah. I can work time independent. I can, you know, schedule sessions whenever I want. I can work location independent. All I need is a Wi-Fi connection. Mm-hmm. And um, that suits me way more than just like any other job. For That's sure. really what got me into it, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of thinking because it's interesting when you think about the societal value hierarchy of everything, like everything from when you're 
two from even when before you're born and your parents are deciding which nursery to send you like even before you come into this world it's all thinking about the future and what kind of job you're going to be doing and it's a very interesting point that you bring up when you look at it more holistically like what kind of what kind of actual life do I want to live like are there any particular hobbies or passions that I have that I want to go hard on like is there is there something what's like what's my unique ability and how can I really use that unique ability to contribute and for some people that will be within the framework of a corporation and that's totally fine but for other people you know if if you rather travel the world that's not really going to work with your 9 to 5 job so it's kind of just figuring out what exactly you want um, of course, you can take sabbaticals, but I think that's a really, really interesting point you raise. And so I know we talk a little bit about your online coaching business that you're starting out now, kind of what the process is like. Are there like, like, what is it first? What do you coach? Um, how did you get into that kind of coaching? Are there any particular challenges that you're having? I know that's a barrage of questions, but just, just pick whatever you want and roll with it. So the reason why I'm, co- so I'm coaching basically entrepreneurs and professionals, how to reduce stress. Yeah. And the reason I got into this is because I, when I first started working, so like properly hardcore, so this would have been sick form. Yeah, sick form. So if you're listening in the US, it's like year 12, year 13. So you're about 17 to 19. Yeah. And um, I was trying to get into medical school at first. So anyone who knows that process is a long process. Oh, you've got You've got outside tests to do like that aren't your A-levels, like it's medical tests. You've got the whole yeah. interview process to get through and about like 9% of applicants get through the interviews and it's it's a long series of tasks. Um, so throughout that whole period, like I was working very, very intensely and I just got into personal development as well. So it was mm. a lot of the stuff I was doing was very like discipline and uh, kind of self-attack to motivate myself to work. So yeah. the whole period I was getting a lot done, but it was the mm-hmm. place it was coming from that was wrong. The place yeah. it was coming from was a lot of stress and a lot of self-attack rather than mm. enjoying the whole process and being fully present with the work and actually enjoying the work that I was doing. It was all very results-oriented. Yeah. You know what I mean, it was always very focused on the future. And um, I feel like in personal development, a lot of it, you're conditioned to think that way. Just of, you know, how can I get to this outcome? How can I get to this outcome? And you become, you develop this kind of like craving, this kind of like unhealthy craving for the outcome. Yeah. And while it seems counterintuitive, it seems like it's going to help you because if you want it a lot, then you're going to do a lot of work for it. And that's what I was mm-hmm. doing. But it was the toxic place it was coming from, which really didn't help. Yeah. So, um, you know, throughout that whole period, it was just very stressful, like, there was a bit of insomnia going on. I was just like, this is not working. Like, <laughs> that's the thing when you yeah. have stress, it often has a physical manifestation in the body just because of how it works. And I can get mm. to that a bit later. But so, you know, there were a lot of these things developing and just a lot of constant stress. And um, eventually, like after all that period, I didn't end up getting into medical school. Yeah. And that was like a very big low point for me. And after that, it kind of gave me a chance to reflect because I was like, you know, what what the hell happened in the last two years? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, what had happened throughout this whole time? And from that kind of perspective, you know, at that point, I thought this is probably like the worst thing that's ever happened. But mm. looking back at it from where I am now, it's like this is the best thing that happened because it gave me a chance to reflect yeah. on, you know, I was actually working from that place of stress. And if I continued doing that, it would not have been a good outcome for the long term. Yeah. So from there, I decided to re-engineer, you know, how do I actually approach the work I'm doing and find a way to actually enjoy the process, not only get the results, but enjoy the whole process to get there. Yeah. So that led to me reading a lot of books on just more books on mindset, more books on uh, more of the spirituality kind of books. So I don't know if you had The Power of Now. um, I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, Eckhart Tolle. Uh, been into a lot of Joe Dispenza's work. He's mm-hmm. a huge, huge mentor of mine, Joe Dispenza, um, mm-hmm. Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now and New Earth. Yeah. And I really got to understand about the ego and just mm. how, like, I'd call it like advanced metacognition. So metacognition being awareness of your thoughts. And I think that's what traditional personal development teaches us, like become yeah. aware of your thoughts and then from there you can control it and direct it in a way you want to. Yeah. But what the power of now in these sort of books did was it was 
you gain awareness of these thoughts yeah. and you learn how to almost disidentify from them. Because when you can disidentify from the thoughts, that's when you have true just power. And that's when you can really enjoy the process of working because you're not controlled by the stressful thoughts that may come up. You're not controlled by the emotions that may come up. You can be in yeah. this constant state where it's not fluctuating up and down where you feel good when you work and you feel like, you know, you feel like shit when you're not working. It's like sure. you constantly just have this kind of steady line. So... I felt like I kind of cracked the code of how to do that um, last year and then, yeah, for the last few years before. Mm-hmm. And it was really in my the end of my third year that I really cracked the code. Um, yeah. Working on my dissertation and then working, you know, for my final exams. And it was just a process where instead of feeling, you know, like when you're working a lot and... You know, sometimes you might feel a bit burnt out after you just like, oh, God, that was like a tough session. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> need a break. Oh, I need yeah. to chill out. <laughs> I need to chill out for a few hours now. Just like, yeah. <laughs> just lie down. Like, I, I found a way to do it where you can work. And then at the end, you have more energy than when you started. Like, That's amazing. If, if anything, you don't need a break. <laughs> like, yeah. you can keep going. And it's like a, it's like a sustainable energy source rather than... It runs out and then you're completely done afterwards. Like you're literally re-energized um, by your work. Yeah. 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 And I was like, I've never felt like this before. It's like I was comparing the parallel of that compared to the self-attack way of doing it and like the heavy yeah. discipline and like oh, the hustle and the grind. Oh, I was man. like, this is so I much this. better. This feels, I was like, this feels so much better. And yeah. I made a promise after I, you know, went through that whole stage of the not getting into medical school that if I ever got out of this situation and, you know, found a new way to work and just to live, really, I would teach it to other people. Um, so that's what got me started on this journey of, you know, wanting to coach this to people, to professionals and entrepreneurs, you know, how to reduce stress. So when you yeah. are working, you can actually enjoy it. You can be at peace while you're doing it. And then when you finish, you can be full of energy. Yeah. And you're not burned out and you feel great throughout the whole process. Yeah, I think it's such a huge thing, especially especially as a, you know, both a student and someone who's building up, you know, I've got this podcast, I've got some other business projects that I'm working on. You know, it's a lot like, you know, want to get a first, like it's it's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of studying and it's a lot of business. And it's like, how do I manage all of that? And then, you know, I've had some days where I felt really, really down. And um, even this this week, it's Christmas week. And most people, it's the holidays, most people are lazing around and they're not really doing anything. And then I'm there like doing things every day. And then I have like two off days. And then I'm where like, you know, it's like I, I could have done something else, something more. And I'm literally beating myself up about it. And then my thoughts start spiraling out of control. And I'm like, then I literally look today at all the stuff I've accomplished this week. And I'm like, Yasmina, you still have the edge. Like, why? <laughs> And the way that you talk to yourself is very, very important. Um, you said you you touched on quite a few things that I think would be very, very interesting to unpack. And um, I, I know yesterday I had this like very bad like thoughts spiraling out control day. I have to say I know you're probably we, we, we're probably going to talk about this especially with the power of now, but meditation, like it just takes all just ten minutes, just ten minutes of just pure peaceful bliss. It's almost like a reset. So kind of on that topic is like what are the through that really hard period of you know hustle grind hustle grind ooh, um <laughs> like yeah yeah we, we all have for sure what are kind of like the main things you learnt, and like any kind of key mindsets or key habits that you started to take on that really switched that around for you and that enabled you to become energized by your work to really enjoy your work again Okay, so you mean like from the hustle grind to the feeling better? So you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it really, it's really an inner shift. Like this is how mm-hmm. I best describe it. It sounds a bit esoteric, but I'll explain. So it's really a level almost beyond thought where yeah. you're aware of, okay, I'll explain like this. So you can be aware of the thoughts you're thinking and how you're feeling, but the emotions you're thinking. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the emotions you're feeling. 
And you learn this quite a lot through meditation, just to be the observer of everything that's going on with you. Instead of doing this just while meditating, what if you can do this throughout your whole day? Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, while you're working, you have those thoughts coming up where it's like, oh, I need to be working harder. Like, I should I should already be at the outcome by now. Like, I should have already finished this task. You yeah. know, I should already be, like, 10 pages through this essay, but I'm not here. Mm-hmm. What if you don't identify with those thoughts? What if you mm-hmm. observe those thoughts and because you observe them, you take all the power away from them? Yeah. And then when you take the power away from them, you can truly focus on the task you do. Mm-hmm. Because when you just have those thoughts of like, I need to work, I need to work, I need to work, I need to keep working, it's very yeah. draining on your body's system and you activate your, you know, your sympathetic nervous system. So mm-hmm. this is kind of where it comes in the neuroscience. So yeah. when you're using those thoughts of like, I need to work, I need to get to that end outcome, you activate your sympathetic nervous system, which is basically your fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it means your your body's literally prepared because of our evolution. Mm-hmm. While you're working, your body is literally prepared to like run away from a tiger or, <laughs> or right? you know, attack yeah. someone coming onto you. But yeah. that's not the context you're in. You're writing an essay. <laughs> like you yeah, don't need to chill out. So calm down, you don't need to <laughs> There's no tiger coming out the laptop right now. There's no, <laughs> there's no person with a knife behind your library desk. You know, you're all, yeah. good. you're all good. But because of that's the way your body's been conditioned through, you know, thousands of years of evolution, it's still using that same response for the essay you're writing or whatever the task is. For sure. So um, it's really learning how to switch from that sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic, which is mm-hmm. in basic terms rest and digest. So basically where you're calmer and mm-hmm. you activate more of the, for example, your blood flow will go more to your organs rather than your extremities. So you're not preparing to run away, you're preparing to relax and digest food. And yeah. uh, it's you can do it by thought. You can do it by just you know, giving yourself calming your thoughts. But I think the real way to do it is observing the thoughts all thoughts Mm -hmm. that are going on and just instead of constantly trying to change and monitor the thoughts which is good Mm -hmm. it's a good first step there it's like okay i'm going to switch these negative thoughts to positive thoughts and whatever Mm -hmm. but instead of doing that it's i'm going to observe all the thoughts that come and not identify with them so i'm not in this constant pendulum of like i feel good i feel bad i feel good i feel bad i feel stressed i feel unstressed it's just like this steady baseline where you just feel almost at peace throughout the whole process. And then that's how you really get into that good flow state while you're working. For sure. It's kind of like they become neutral, doesn't it? Like events are neutral themselves. And it's just what you make of an event, of the emotions and the thoughts that you attach to an event that really, really have an impact. 100%. 100%. Yeah, it's 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 very, very interesting you saying that. It's kind of like... Um, it, it's kind of like, you know, you know the phrase of what you resist persists? Yep. I feel like it comes from that, you know, when you try and change a thought and you're like, oh, you're trying, you're like, I'm feeling really sad right now. I'm feeling really angry. Let me just be happy. It's like, it doesn't work like that. And I feel like the longer you wallow in that, oh, I'm really trying to change this emotional state, the, the more it persists and the more it stays. And I feel like often... Often when you like, you just sit back and you're like, okay, what's going on here? And then you just like notice like, oh, I'm stressed or like, oh, I'm overwhelmed that you just name, you just name whatever you're, you're experiencing. You're like, oh yeah, I'm angry. Yeah, I'm angry. I think often once you accept that, it just dissipates a lot faster. Yeah. I'm wondering if you have any kind of like implementable things or like implementable ideas of like, what, what are the kinds of things that people can start doing to really gain power over their thoughts and become an observer and use that throughout their day-to-day yeah well i think the the main thing is just the way i always phrase it just become conscious of the unconscious Mm -hmm. so your body i think there's been some research done um which says that your body by the age of 35 is basically just an unconscious program so Mm -hmm. you experience the same emotions to the same situations and it's almost like your body's on a clock it's in homeostasis wow. because that's what comfortable that's what's comfortable for your body. Yeah. So for example, if you're 
usually stressed at 3 p.m. because your boss is usually shouting at you. Yeah. And then one day, and then you get a day off the next day, and it gets to 3 p.m. Your body's primed to release those stress hormones at that time. That's so because crazy. of that, your reticular activating system will search for a <laughs> stimulus in the environment to cause stress. Yeah, that's insane. So it's, it's crazy, isn't it? It's, yeah. Because your body just wants to run on that same thing so it doesn't have to exert energy. So some things you can implement is just become conscious of, okay, what's these, you know, continuous patterns that are occurring? You know, like, take a little audit of your day, just kind of take a step back from yourself. I'm like, okay, this situation usually usually causes me stress. Or, you know, these certain people saying these certain things usually causes me stress. Or mm-hmm. this certain task causes a negative emotion. And, you know, look at the thoughts you're having. You know, what are the thoughts that continuously come up on a day-to-day basis? You know, mm-hmm. the most common time will happen is when you wake up. Because yeah. a lot of people wake up and they'll be on this repetitive thought cycle repetitive emotional cycle where it's like you wake up and you you know you feel good or you feel bad and then you have these mm-hmm. you know are you focusing on all these problems and tasks you have to do throughout the day like start yeah. observing that and just see how you're on this program and then once you start observing it mm-hmm. then you start to gain a bit of awareness on it and then you start to gain freedom from it and that's when yeah. you can truly start to disidentify and make a change so, yeah, yeah, my biggest piece of advice would just be start taking an audit on every single repetitive thought cycle and emotional cycle that you experience throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And from there, you'll start disidentifying from it. Yeah, no, that, that's that's incredible advice. And I I knew that the body, like, had a huge amount to do with this, but I didn't know to what extent, like, down to, like, you know, at 4.01 p.m., I will feel angry <laughs> about something because I usually feel angry about something at yep. this time. Mm-hmm. And it kind of made me think how, like, certain situations or you can attach certain emotions to certain people as well. Like, people can evoke stress. Like, certain people in certain situations that you're in can evoke stress. And that just habitually occurs and it's not even something that you can control. It's just so, like, when I, I, I experience that, it's just something my body does. And I'm like, why is my body doing this? And I'm like, then I get angry about my body doing this. And like, stop doing this body. <laughs> and then yeah, my body yeah. just, you know, it just attacks back even more. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It just does not help. So um, true. But it, it's so, so true. And especially in the morning, because I think that a lot of people, when they wake up and they get up, they're, they're not proactive, they're not proactive at all. They're they're very reactive. They wake up. The first thing they do is check their email. They check their social media. They're like, oh, what messages have come through whilst they've been asleep for these six hours or seven hours or, um, you know, and it's they don't wake up thinking like, oh, I want to master this day. I'm going to engage in these habits to, you know, really take control of my thought. And like, because I've had it when, I, when I've had really bad mornings, my the rest of my day is ruined. Yep. Like the rest mm-hmm. of my day is completely gone. But when you win your morning, it's like you have those few wins. You're like, the rest of my day just goes so much more smoothly. And um, So true. So true. Yeah. Do you have like a morning routine or do you have some oh, kind yeah. of way yeah. that you have? <laughs> uh, yeah, I get the sense that you do control yeah, your thoughts in the morning. A, I've had a what morning do you do? routine for years now. So. Yeah. <laughs> I changed it up because it ended up lasting about an hour. So I was like, this is a bit too long. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I've cut it down to about 20 minutes, half an hour process. So nice. I get up. First thing I'll do, I'll have some water just to hydrate because your body's been without water for, you know, eight hours. Yeah. Um, from there, I'll go straight into reading. So I'll read a spiritual book. So anything from like The Power of Now or I'm reading right now. It's called Oneness of All Life. So nice. it's like little quotes from Eckhart Tolle's second book, A New Earth. Yeah. And it's really good just for helping you to connect to that space where you're the observer mm-hmm. rather than being bogged down with thought all day. Yeah. And then uh, from that, because I'm quite into stoicism, so I'll go into oh, nice. a book. Yeah, because I, I like having the balance. It's all about having the balance between the spiritual side and then the whole mindset side of like, okay, how am I going to tactically you know, approach my tasks of the day. So I read a quote from the Daily Stoic and that kind of gets my mindset set. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, from that, I'll go over my goals. So I'll read my goals for the next three months. So I typically do goals in terms of like a year and then I break it down into 12-week periods. 
Nice. So I'll read over my goals to get my brain primed on, like, focused, like where I'm focusing on. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I'll just set a one or two hour focus block and then start the most important task. Nice. And so I won't check my phone probably for about anywhere from about 40 minutes to two hours after I wake up. And that yeah. really helps me just have intention for the day and, you know, have the day on my own agenda. Yeah, as opposed to yeah. other people's agenda. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's true. It's, it's um, that's really powerful. Yeah, I, I, I've been thinking of getting the Daily Stoic for a while. I think I'm going to get it now. I've heard I've heard really good things. I think Stoicism is is incredible. Just the sort of the sort of self mastery that these philosophies and these emperors um, preach. Like often oldest gold, right? Like the oldest wisdom is often the best wisdom, and that that's why it stood the test of time, and that's why it's been around for literally thousands of years. Um, that's amazing. Is there are there any particular lessons that you've learned from Stoicism, or is there any kind of like, how do you balance the stoic side with the spiritual side? I mean, the whole thing with the spiritual side, it's really just because when you have that access to be the observer, like on a high level, you can really choose the thoughts you're having. Yeah. So what the stoicism helps me with is manufacturing those thoughts. So it's choosing yeah. where your perceptions are and, you know, seeing every, I think the main thing it's given me is just seeing every, everything that happens is an opportunity whether it's yeah. subjectively good or bad. Because as you said earlier, like every situation is neutral. So just choosing yeah. to see each thing as an opportunity, as something to empower you and yeah. to get you to the next stage. It's so true. Like a, a failure is an opportunity to learn or, or a bad event is an opportunity, also an opportunity to learn. And it's an opportunity to grow from that. And that's something that you can take forward. And of, of, like, very oftentimes I get the sense that people who've come from a very difficult place end up the strongest. And it's, yeah. it's, it's like super cheesy, like, okay, but like, what doesn't kill you make, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger? But like, you know, unless it's, unless it's acid or something or like yeah. a car hit you, um, it probably does. It probably does. And it just, it leads to the, to the more, compa- the more powerful and the more compelling stories and people achieve way more amazing things because they've had to go through that. It's part of the process and it's a part of the journey. Um, a couple of things I think would be interesting to touch on is um, meditation, okay. right? Because meditation, how, because that's kind of, for me, that's sort of the most, that's way I can get into the now and just focusing on the breath, focusing on the breathing detaching myself like watching my thoughts go by like they're like it's an ocean or like they're balloons that you can pop or something like that um i mean i'm guessing you meditate yeah i do i do less so with the whole mindfulness at the moment mm-hmm. i'm experimenting actually now with something a bit different where i'm trying to incorporate it into like everything i do so for example like just while i'm working or just while i'm walking around just being present there if you know what I mean, rather than having a focused time block. But there was, before that, probably like a four-year period where I was meditating like every day. So, yeah, nice. I've experienced that. Nice. So what, what, how did you get started with meditation? How does someone get started with someone like that? And what are some of the effects that they can have on you? And I think another very interesting thing to talk about is is literal mindfulness throughout the day because often this is something that I experience is like I'll do I'll do my 10 minute morning meditation like a good little girl and then and then throughout my day I forget to be mindful and I forget to be present and I'm thinking about this and thinking about that and I'm not focusing on what I'm actually doing so kind of how do those two interrelate as well and sort of how can people get started if they're interested in that um well I would say meditation is just like any other habit so mm-hmm. when you first start it you really want it to be like when I first started, I was 16. I'm 21 mm-hmm. now. So yeah. it was really just a process of, you know, starting with like five minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Five minutes a day, I'm just going to, I use the car map. So okay. it's five minutes a day. And I'm just going to use that to, you know, focus on my breath and just try and disidentify from my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like you almost build a bit of a meditation muscle. Yeah. So for the first three weeks, it was a challenging process. Like 
I was like, I'm not really feeling any different. Like I thought it was going to be this like magic, <laughs> you know, this yeah. magic like breakthrough solution where I was going to feel amazing all the time. And like the first three weeks, it was just kind of like a, it's kind of like, is this actually going somewhere? And then yeah. three weeks of doing that five minutes. And then I think after about two weeks, I upped it to about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. After three weeks of doing that, I just felt this like complete change. Yeah. In my state. It was it was crazy. It was like a, it felt like a drug trip or something. I was like, oh my god. Right? <laughs> like just... It's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. It's exactly like don't do drugs, just meditate. It's healthier. You get the same effect. <laughs> quote now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no, it was just and so I feel like way more calm, way more sort of just at peace. Just like while I was doing everything. And um I would say to anyone who's starting off, just yeah, just start off with five minutes a day. Just mm. make make the five minutes like it's easy to come up with the excuse like oh, I'm working or I'm, I've got this thing to do and that thing to do. Like trust me, this meditation will help every aspect of your life. Yeah. Like if you want to produce high quality work, if you want to perform well at a job, meditation will, you know, 10x if not 100x your performance just from purely just feeling more calm and more grounded yeah do you know any of the science around that what behind meditation yeah um well i do know it just helps you so we were talking earlier about the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system i guess i am yeah we touched it it a little bit earlier but um yeah what it really does is it helps you to tap into the parasympathetic which is your basically your way of just relaxing and resting Sure. And it stops you from releasing all those stress hormones. Like it really turns down your. Um, so you have your adrenal glands, which release mm-hmm. chemicals such as, sorry, hormones such as adrenaline and cortisol, which are your stress hormones. Yeah. So when you're in fight or flight or you're in high stress, that's just mm-hmm. circulating through your body and your body's mm-hmm. constantly jacked up. As we said earlier, like waiting for a predator to come around the corner or <laughs> someone with yeah. a knife or someone to attack you. Yeah. Um, so what meditation really does is it helps you to get into the parasympathetic nervous system mm-hmm. and really just take control of that okay. part of your body that's there to calm you down. Yeah. And it, what it will do as well is it will divert blood flow from part of your brain called the amygdala, which is mm-hmm. basically to do with fear, to do with or fear conditioning. Um, like your limbic brain, which is a very primal part of your brain to do survival and very primitive instincts um, to other regions of your brain, such as your prefrontal cortex. Mm -hmm. So your prefrontal cortex is basically your decision-making part of the brain, part of the brain that can be creative, come up with solutions. Yeah. Um, So that's what it does on a neurological level and in the body. Um, And so from that, you know, when you come out of the meditation, that's why sometimes you'll have these sparks of ideas and you go, oh, I didn't think of it like that. Yeah. And you'll be able to, you know, just come up with these creative new solutions to problems that, you know, you wouldn't have come up with otherwise. Yeah, exactly. And I think for, for people who say like, oh, I don't have time for meditation, like that's complete rubbish. Like you can meditate five minutes, like what does five minutes take? You know, five minutes less on Instagram, five minutes more meditation. Like... Um, and honestly, it's exactly as you were saying, it's it's not really about the quantity, it's more about the quality and the fact that this is just a mindset that you have to literally like magicify your brain to to be your friend and not your enemy later on in the day or just throughout your life is just so, so fundamental. Um, so another thing that I think would be interesting to touch on is you mentioned that you read a lot about the ego earlier. I think this is so fundamental because like so many like the ego gets in the way of pretty much everything <laughs> like it gets in the way of so much and it's like it, it literally just exists to tell you that you're doing great already and you don't need to do any better like that's that's the reason that your ego exists and that can really barrage you and that can really block you um, and that can prevent you from growing that can prevent you from learning and actually getting the true results that you want. But um, I'm kind of curious to hear, like, what are the most interesting things that you've learned about um, to do with ego, especially related to mindset and reducing stress and things like that? Um, Is there anything in particular that you've learned? 
yeah, it's just really just becoming aware of your own egoic patterns. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I think a really good exercise for anyone to do, look at your ego patterns or just your thought patterns or behavioral patterns when you win and when you lose. So mm. when you have success, okay. like, do you, because I used to have this a lot, like when I would get success in a certain area, that was like quite challenging. I'd be mm -hmm. like, oh, I've kind of made it now. I can kind of sit back. Yeah. You, know, you get a bit complacent. You're like, okay, I can sit back. Yeah. But then after a while, because you sat back for a bit, then things start to slacken and you have to rebuild back up. Mm -hmm. Same thing with failure. Like, how do you respond when that comes up? Do you have a response where you go into this kind of like victim identity and you're mm -hmm. like, oh, God, this has happened to me and like, you know, my whole life's ruined or, <laughs> you know, whatever it could be. Or do you go into a pattern where it's like, this is an opportunity for me to get better? You know, I can learn, as you said earlier, like I can learn valuable things from this. I can grow and I can yeah. improve. I can use this. I can make this, you know, worst thing that's ever happened to me into the best thing that's ever happened to me. So I would mm -hmm. say look at your pattern, like mind patterns and behavioral patterns when you win and when you lose. Mm -hmm. And set an intention for how you actually want it to be. So ideally, like yeah. for me, for myself, it's whether I win or lose. I still want to keep working. I still want to keep getting better. I still want yeah. to keep mastering my craft. So become aware of those patterns and then consciously make the choice to, you know, almost accept that those egoic patterns are there. Like the thoughts will probably still come up because it's, as we said earlier, like it's hardwired in your unconscious. Yeah. Observe it and then choose the direction you want to go in. So set an intention and choose, okay, I've won, I've lost, but I still want to keep going towards this huge goal I have. Like I don't yeah. want to step off the gas or fall into a victim identity. And yeah. I want to keep going. So true. That's a, that's a really good implementable thing as well, because I've never really known exactly, like I, I've known like how to be aware of it in general, but to literally like, I think that's a very good idea to sort of track that even, you know, write it down digitally or, or manually, because then you can see the trends over time as well. And you can, you can see the sort of repeated patterns where you seem to, your ego seems to block, you'll get in the way and then you can, then you can adjust accordingly. So yeah. 100%. yeah. I think that's that's an awesome tip. That's a really, really cool tip. Um, so kind of shifting more onto sort of you. And I mean, this and this is kind of already relate to what we've already been talking about. But so currently you're studying um, a master's in cognitive neuroscience. Is that right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you're, you know, you're a student and you're building a business and you're coaching and you're an entrepreneur. So how do you balance those two things and how do you manage your time on that front? And how do you make sure that all of the key things that you want to get done, get done? So for me, like the biggest thing is just focus time blocks. Mm -hmm. So I will set tasks. So I'll start from you. So I'll start with planning. Mm -hmm. So I'll set like the three to five main things that I need to do each day. Yeah. Write down the piece of paper in the morning or the night before. And then I'll set focus time blocks. So it will okay. be one to two hours where there'll be no distractions mm -hmm. and I'll be working towards one of those three things. So one thing will be business related, one thing will be university related, and the other will just be any other top priority I have at the time. Yeah. Um, so I'll set time blocks where it's literally just focused on those particular tasks. Mm -hmm. And that's really been a big game changer for me, just having those, having that one or two hours just to dedicate to business each day and then to dedicate to university each day, make sure and just ensure things are kind of, you know, balanced and one doesn't completely fall off the wagon and then the other one's good. And, and then the other one, you know, and then you have to switch back and like, Oh, this one's really below, like behind where it's supposed to be. And you have to go back. It's having those focused time blocks each day, sticking to it. Yeah. And then, you know, really just, eliminating all distractions so whether that's for me i put my phone on do not disturb it's on that all yeah. day to be honest but <laughs> <laughs> i'll have it on do not disturb so no one can call me no one can text me yeah and um yeah i'll just work for that one or two hours and you can get a lot done in that time this is you the really thing can. like one or two hours seems like a short period of time but if it's completely focused you know what the goal at the end of it is you can get a lot done yeah so 
I would say to anyone listening who's like, I want to build a business and go to uni at the same time, like you can do it. Mm-hmm. You've just got to really manage your time and set those focus yeah. blocks yeah. so you can work efficiently. You really have to set it as a priority. And I think a, a very interesting thing that a lot of students especially struggle with is like, oh, how do I motivate myself to get this work done? Like if you're an entrepreneur, usually you already like, you have your why, you know what you want to do. I mean, sometimes you don't, but often it's usually like, I know what my mission is and what my value is. You're, you're, you're more likely to work more on that and then neglect your studies. Um, and so I think that's a, that's a struggle that people have. They're like, how do I start working? It's like, no, it's like, treat it as an appointment with yourself. It's like, you know, what I'm doing right now, I'm, I'm like working from, I'm, I'm doing like four hour study blocks from nine to one, but like with Pomodoros, I've got like five minute breaks in between okay. and whatnot. Um, but, you know, it's like dedicated nine to one, I'm going to be studying. It's like, it's, it's not a compromise. It's like, I have to do it. I treat it like, I treat it like, you know, I'm under a contract for a corporate job. Like, you know, in nine, I've got to be at the office. <laughs> that means at nine, I've got to be sitting at my desk and then working on the work that I need to be doing. And um, I, I really think just separating your days out to make sure that you get those things done, especially I think the focus time blocks are so valuable, you know, you know, one hour, two hours, um, especially when you're at uni, it's like, oh, I've got lectures, I've got this, I've got that, and things are pulling me in like 20 different directions. But then like, you've already put it in the calendar. So you're like, I'm going to do this. And it, to me, it gives me a peace of mind. Because I'm not, at that point, I'm not worrying about, will I get this thing done? I'm like, no, I will get it done because I've set, I've set specific time aside. Exactly. Right. And it's like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ditch my friend and be late for my friend. Um, and so why, why would I ditch myself? Why would I be late for myself? That makes absolutely no sense. Um, yeah. So I think that's really key. Something that you said previously that I think is great to touch on is, you said like when you sit down to work specifically set an intention and uh i thought that was really powerful to kind of really set an intention of what is it that i want to have gotten done by the end of this that kind of already hypes you and motivates you and then you're like you know kind of because you know you're driven by your why so if you're like well what is my reason for doing this why am i doing this that that will be like yeah, you're gonna get excited about it. You're gonna get that done because you understand how that fits into the bigger pe- picture. It's not just like some random mindless task. Yeah, it's so true because you know when you set that intention before you work, it becomes because a lot of time it's easy to get kind of bogged down in the process of things and be like, yeah, <clears throat> you know, I've got all these like menial little tasks to do to achieve this goal, and then you kind of you lose the bigger perspective of things of like you know why am I actually doing this rather than it being like a an essay assignment or, you know, a client you need to talk to or, you know, a little task you need to do. And, um, you know, when you set that intention, specifically looking at your bigger goal you have of like, okay, yeah. this is why I'm doing it. These are the people that I'm doing this for. So maybe you have an ideally choose people who are close to you. So like family members or close friends or, you know, a client you're working with and mm-hmm. set the intention to do well for the goal and to do well for them, to do well for the people as well and then when yeah. you have that you become laser focused on the task and you can really perform at a high high level for sure i'm wondering how do you think your degree cuz your degree and the masters that you're working towards right now and the the business the coaching business that you're aiming to build and the stuff you're aiming to teach is actually very very interrelated so i'm curious to hear your thoughts on you know how your degree can actually serve your entrepreneurial endeavors and actually serve your business. Yeah. So my degree is cognitive neuroscience. So it's Mm. basically, it's a hybrid between psychology and neuroscience. So psychology being like, why do we do what we do? Why do we behave how we behave? The thoughts that go in your head. Yeah. um, The emotions we feel. And then it's really the neuroscience behind all that. So what's happening in the brain on a neurological level. Yeah. And also what's happening in the body. Yeah. So um, really how that ties in is just understand, because I think that's the thing with personal development, a lot of people, it's easy to get caught in the whole, like, okay, this is the mindset, and I'll break it down into, like, the words that are occurring in my brain, you know, the thoughts that are occurring, the emotions. Yeah. But what if we can break that down in yeah. what's happening in your body? 
Because when you have an understanding of what's happening in your body of like the fight or flight response or the part of your brain that's activating when you have certain thoughts, um, when you feel certain emotions, then you can really gain control over it. And you can really gain yeah. that observer perspective we were talking about earlier. For sure. So like, for example, if you're feeling fearful of something, you can be like, oh, the blood flows going to my amygdala right now, which is being activated. Um, amygdala is part of your limbic circuit. Yeah. So it's oh, the blood flow is going there right now. That's why I'm feeling like this. And when you kind of think of it like that, wow. it's kind of like, oh, it's literally just a bit of blood going to a different part of my brain. Yeah. It's not it's not that big of a deal, you know? It's yeah. a <laughs> it's an evolutionary response that we've had for thousands of years. Mm. And yes. it's really just yeah, really just like learning those different mechanisms and mm. also you can, you know, in this degree we learn about the neuroscience of consciousness. Yeah. So really like the science behind meditation, which I'll be doing next time. Nice. But I do know some stuff about it. So um okay. Just like, you know, what are the parts of the brain activated when you're aware of your own thinking, when you're aware of your sense of self? Yeah. And, you know, really in doing that, just really having a really deep understanding of everything that's going on inside you, all the yeah. thoughts and all the emotions, from there being able to distance yourself from it mm -hmm. and then, you know, have control over the emotions and the thoughts you're experiencing. Yeah. So that's where the degree really ties in. For sure. I think... Yeah, I, th I think that's very powerful. Like when you literally take back and you look at the science of it and like from literally a scientific point of view, oh, the blood is flowing to my brain right now. Then you kind of forget <laughs> to feel the fear or the anger or whatever it is because you're kind of, you're literally labeling like this is the nerdy stuff that is happening, like the mechanical stuff. And that kind of takes your emotions out of the question. You're like, huh, okay, that's how that works. Very interesting. And then yep. you can kind of move on. Yeah. Exactly. I think it was really interesting to hear the sort of depth of knowledge that that can give you, because I think a lot of people who want to go and do entrepreneurial things, they're like, oh, maybe I should just drop out of school. And I don't think that's, <laughs> I don't think that's. <laughs> it's so common, that's what I'm laughing. Yeah, right. It's so, so, so common. Drop out of school, yeah. uh, but, you know, I don't think that's always necessarily the best path because the things that you learn in universities can really give you such an in-depth understanding, yeah, especially if you're at the top universities, you know, you're with people who like, they've they're like academics who've decided to dedicate their entire lives to very, very, very deeply understanding a certain topic or a certain subject. And so they're just incredible mentors to have to gain that sort of background. It's like, I'm doing management and business right now. And if I just, you know, decided, oh no, I'm just going to be an entrepreneur and I'm not going to study these business things, then I wouldn't actually understand like, how does accounting work and where does the cash come from? And you know, what are the assets and the liabilities and all of that kind of stuff? How, how is the operation supposed to work? How's one thing supposed to get one, one from one place to another? You know, f basic finance, like organizational behavior, all of these kinds of different things that I would not learn if I hadn't decided to like, oh, you know, I, I'm going to a top uni, I'm getting great mentors. I really understand the sort of frameworks of how that works. And I think you're doing exactly the same in cognitive neuroscience. And so I think, I really think a degree can serve you very well um, in yeah. your endeavors, depending, depending on what your goals are and depending on what you want to get good at and what you want to master. I think, I think just think that's a really, really interesting thing. Yeah, and, I definitely uh, agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that wondering like what is it like for you starting out coaching now and what is it like on the business side of things how do you begin something like this because i know this is quite recent for you so it's really interesting to hear from your perspective like what is it like building this from nothing from the ground up are there, th there any particular challenges you're having is there any kind of advice that you can have for people who are trying to do something similar biggest piece of advice um just get a mentor <laughs> just yeah. like save yourself a bunch of time and just get mentorship from someone because yeah. like I, I didn't even try to start this like on my own like I didn't even try and waste time just being like okay I'm gonna figure out how to build this coaching business and you know how to you know give real value to clients by myself it's like no instead I'm gonna do it the smart way find people who are already where I want to be yeah get in contact with them and see if they can mentor me 
to teach yeah. me how to you know how to build this business because that so, saved you so much time and you were saying with challenges as well like yeah there aren't there aren't really any challenges because if you have mentors you can literally just if there's like a little minor issue that comes up or something that's a little bit tricky mm-hmm. that you just get into contact with them and then it's solved so the biggest piece of advice would just be get a mentor and um yeah you have to just pay them pay them to teach you for sure because the the ROI you're going to get from that investment is going to be 10 if not 100x in the long term so I would say yeah just save yourself a bunch of time bunch of effort bunch of energy bunch of frustration and yeah get a mentor exactly and make make sure make sure they are the kind of mentor that they are where you want to be because there are a lot of people out there spewing some bullshit so like make sure like first make sure that they're like legit they're like legit make sure that they are exactly where they want to be make sure they're true and they're authentic and make sure that they actually get real results and that they will get you real results but i it's so true like the amount of time that like like the opportunity cost of you not getting a mentor to do something like that is way higher. Like, cause you're going to spend years or like months, maybe years fumbling around in the dark, doing not even a half decent job. Um, when you could literally have someone who's already gone through all of that step by step, and then they can just give you the blueprint of exactly what to do. And then you don't, you don't need to worry about like, Oh, what's my next video to watch, to learn this. It's like, you really know. And people might be like, why would I pay to get a mentor? It's like, well, why do you pay for university education? Why, why do you pay for, you know, if you go to a paid school, why do you pay for school? All those years, like, why do you pay, why do you pay for a jujitsu instructor? And, you know, it's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's, it's all, it's all a value exchange. Um, exactly. So it's pretty powerful. A, it's a planned process to get there. Like when you go to university or the jujitsu instructor, They've got it laid out for you how to get to a black belt. They've got exactly. it laid out for you how to, you know, get a first or whatever grade you want to get. Yeah. Same thing with the mentor. They know how to get you from the beginning point of where you're at to where you want to be. Yeah. So can if you like tried to teach yourself jujitsu and were like, I'm gonna go watch a bunch of videos and get a black belt. <laughs> it's like it's probably not gonna happen. Wrestling um, with whatever so objects gonna... you can find in the garden or <laughs> <laughs> I'll practice with my spade. (laughs) Yeah, so true. Um, That's that's really solid advice. Um, I'm wondering if you have like besides the the sort of meditation, your morning routine, so the mindfulness and all that kind of stuff, and the work stuff. Do you have any other particular habits or rituals that keep you on top of your game? Like you're a very fit guy. I can tell you're a fitness buff. Um, (laughs) Do intermittent fasting. Do anything um... like that. Yeah, fasting, I've been doing that since I was like 17. Yeah, about 17. Wow. It's probably the best thing I would say for anyone who's just trying to stay lean or just mm. to get lean. Yeah. Man, it's just a game changer. Like if you yeah. do cardio while you're fasted, so ideally it's going to be, I'm not going to go too into depth on this, but ideally mm. it's going to be, uh, what's the word, like low intensity cardio or high intensity cardio. Mm-hmm. Because if you start jogging when you're on a fasted, when you're fasted, then you start breaking down muscle, which isn't yeah. good. Um, so yeah, so what I do is I will, and this is actually really good for work as well. Mm. So I'll fast for the first four to six hours of the day. So in yeah. that time, I'll just have black coffee. Yeah. And in between that time, I'll be walking. Yeah, I'll typically be walking around or I'll do a workout if it's a workout day. Yeah. And uh, because I'm not kicking breakfast as well, it means I can get straight into work. I can get straight yeah. into my morning routine. I can go straight into work. There's no like, oh, I've got to cook the, the eggs and the bacon or, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can get straight into it. Nice. Um, and what were you asking about fitness? Yeah, fitness is just like general habits and routines that you have. Fitness might be one of them. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of fitness, it's just, I go to the gym three times a week. Like, even now I have a mentor. So mm-hmm. my mentor for that is, I don't know if you know Kino Body. I don't know. Okay, he's really good. Okay, nice. So he does like three. T- so I go to the gym three times a week consistently, mm-hmm. and because it's only three times, that fits easily in my schedule. Um, other habits and routines. That's like the main ones. I'd say morning routine. Nice. Oh, big one actually. 
So morning routine, which I described earlier, um, just the reading and then reading my goals and then mm -hmm. getting on with work, plus yeah. the intermittent fasting. And then during the night, so just before I go to bed, I've been doing this every night for about, <clears throat> let's say probably about four or five years, just visualization. Nice. And there's a specific reason why I do it at night time. Mm -hmm. okay. And the reason for that is when you go to sleep, you get more access to your subconscious mind, which is why you start dreaming. Yeah. So that's why you have all these crazy creative dreams, because you access that subconscious part of your brain that has all the creative faculties and um, yeah. it can really, you know, come up with creative, creative things. So mm -hmm. if you visualize before you go to sleep, it helps to put that visualization into your subconscious mind. Nice. And then from there, doing all the work and achieving the goals becomes automatically easier. Mm. And you have to lessen the amount of discipline you have to have to actually do the steps to get towards your goal. Because in your subconscious, your subconscious believes that experience is already happening. Yeah. And um, yeah, just the key thing of visualization as well is it's... Make sure you feel the emotions of what it's going to feel like to achieve that goal, as yeah. well as seeing the image. Because when you do that, your body can register it as well. So it's not only in your brain, but it's in your entire body. Yeah. And you you start acting more like the event has already happened. Yeah. And because of that, you almost draw the event to you. So yeah. that's a big, big, big ritual I've been doing for the last four or five years. <clears throat> and I would say about, 95% of the things I visualized in that time period have happened. Like, it's been weird. <laughs> That's crazy. There's been times where I've just been like, it's kind of like pinching myself of like, is this actually happening? Yeah. Did I, did I just visualize and fall asleep or is this <laughs> yeah. reality? <laughs> yeah. 100% true. Man, visualization is such a game changer. I haven't tried it in the evenings yet, though. So I'm going to do that. That's a That's genius. That's genius. Just shifting it to that time in the day. But um, yeah, visualization is just incredible and it, it, re it really hypes you up. And when you can see something with crystal clear clarity, it just, it moves you towards that direction and just that specificity and that why and that excitement. And then when you can actually get to feel the emotions of that and it's like you're already living that even though you're not, you, you, you know exactly what you're working towards, which is a pretty powerful thing. So... The final question that I'm going to ask you here is what do you think are the key three three key truth bombs about the entrepreneurial journey that you would drop on a young entrepreneur today? Three truths. First one, the fundamental, I think, for anything is just your psychology. So just mm -hmm. becoming aware of that unconscious program and really learning how to, you know, create the program that you want with intention. Yeah. Um, so that's the first one I'd say become conscious of the unconscious because mm -hmm. when you do that all your behaviors actions and thoughts they're in alignment with you know your entrepreneurial journey where you want to get to the end goal yeah uh, second one I would say but equally as important is get a mentor so mm -hmm. just someone who can teach you how to get from where you are now to how you how to oh, how to get you from where you are now to where you yeah. want to be you know, in the shortest time period possible. And, um, you know, as you said, just screen out, make sure that mentor's actually producing results. Yeah. You know, don't go for someone who's just like, oh, yeah, I can help you with this. And then you sign up for their program and then they're like, uh, well, I don't really know. Like, check them before. Yeah. Make sure that what, yeah, make sure what they're talking about is legit and it's backed mm -hmm. and um, you can make sense of it. Mm -hmm. And then the third one I would say is just... Yeah, just learn how to enjoy the process. Yeah. There's a lot we were talking about earlier in the call. Just learn how to, because it's all very well achieving these big goals. Maybe you have goals like, oh, I want to create a multi-million dollar business. Yeah. But, you know, do you want that to come from a place of self-attack and self-hate until you reach that million, multi-million dollar business? Yeah. Or do you want to enjoy every step of the way and or majority of steps of the way and really just feel empowered and good? throughout the whole process. And then when you get to that multi-million dollar stage, it's like, oh, I was already feeling great anyway. This is just like an extra added bonus. For sure. So, yeah. So, yeah, just learn how to enjoy the process, I would say. 
Yeah, it's about it's often about the journey, not the destination, isn't it? It's like you need to make sure that you enjoy the process. Otherwise, what's the point? What's, exactly. what's even the point if you don't enjoy the process? Nice. Thank you so much. So now is plug time. You can plug anything you would like. So do you have anything you'd like to plug? Where can people find you? How can people connect with you? Yeah, so I'd say if anything you've heard me saying sounds relevant to you and you're ready to you know, learn how to truly enjoy the process of working towards your goals, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you're ready to make the jump, you know, you mm-hmm. feel committed to making the jump, then, uh, yeah, just reach out to me. So it's Aaron McCain, so A-A-R-O-N-M-C-K-A-N-E. So you can reach out to me on Facebook or it's Aaron underscore McCain on Instagram. Shoot me a message. Nice. You can look at your individual situation and just see if I can help you get from where you are now to where you want your goal to be. Nice. Yeah. I mean, as, as we were saying before, is like the best way to learn anything is to get a mentor. So if you're committed, you know, if you're having like serious problems in this area, Aaron obviously knows what he's talking about. So um, go reach out to him. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to have this chat with us. I get, definitely, it gave me a lot to think about as well. And I think this could be very valuable. So yeah, thank you very much. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode of the Young Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Thank you so much, Aaron, for taking the time to have this chat with us. Hugely enjoy it. I bought The Daily Stoic, which is a fantastic book, and started visualizing in the evening, and it has already brought huge changes into my life. If you are thinking of working with Aaron or just want to reach out to him to have a chat, say hi, do so, because he's a really cool guy, he's really, really lovely, and he knows his stuff. With that said, if you got anything out of this episode at all, I would highly encourage you to share it with a friend because word of mouth is everything. It would be awesome if you could share it on your social media pages. What you could actually do is to help other people learn too is you could post a key takeaway on your Instagram story and tag me at yasmina.rte or on your other social media channels. That would help others learn and also help us get the word out there. What would also really help us out is a five-star rating and a review on iTunes as that would help us with the algorithm and bump us up the rankings so more people can find and learn from this podcast in their entrepreneurial journey. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me on Instagram at yasmina.rte and we can start the conversation there. In the meantime, I hope you have a lovely day and I will see you in the next episode.